0: unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my
1: to everyone it's so good to see all this crowd here this morning and enjoying the fellowship as we come to meet this morning to worship together we know we want to say to our visitors we're pleased to have you in our midst today we always welcome the visitors we have and so good to see you here today and as well as those who are watching us through social media we're We're happy you join in to be part of our worship service this morning. Any questions, anything comes up that you'd like to talk to us about, please let us know. Uh, Please, if the the Friendship Register has not been down your pew, please make sure you do that and please sign that for us. Uh, In our assembly this morning, our song leaders, Brother Gibson Foster. Our prayer, Brother Billy Martin. Scripture reading is done by Brother Drew Galloway. Of course, a lesson by Brother Ken Forrest in charge of our Lord's Supper, Brother Cameron Jumper. Announcements and closing prayer, Brother Brent Mooney. Okay. Uh, I have a statement I want to read, and I want you to pray for me as I do this. From Brother Milton Floyd. I've made a lot of mistakes and and many sinful. I pray the Lord will forgive me, and I need the prayers of the church on my behalf. I love the Boomer Church. Pray for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with humble hearts. We pray for our brother Milton Floyd. We're thankful for the example he's been for us. We ask you today to We know you always forgive when you've been asked to, and we pray this day that you will forgive him for the sins in his life. We know that we're thankful for the time he's been here. Thankful for the example he's had before us. Thankful for his family the wife who supported him, all the good he's done for us. We pray that you give him strength to go forward, help him to maintain health, and always live for you. We're so thankful for all he's done for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: The first song will be 144 I Worship the King. Let's sing. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing his wonders.
3: together this morning our most gracious loving father we praise you for your love for each one of us father we bow in adoration of your boundless love that you give us each and every day father we're so thankful to be gathered here this morning to worship your holy name to sing praises to thee to petition thee in prayer Father, we just thank you for all the many blessings. Father, this morning we want to lift up to you those who are sick, those hurting in ways maybe we know nothing about. We pray this morning for Linda Garrett, Eddie Mooney, Patsy Bain, Beatrice Barron, Billy Taylor, the Wade Davis family, Bobby Cole, Katie Bruce, True Bell, Olivia Pounders, Jay Johnson, Greta Hills Binion, so many others, Father, that we want to ask you to look upon this morning, just that you would touch them, heal them, if it be thy will. We pray for the lost, the sick, the brokenhearted this morning, Father. We remember them. We're so mindful of all their needs. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. So thankful, Father, for the precious memories we can hold on to. Father, we pray for our brother, Milton Floyd, so thankful for his godly influence upon so many lives. We love him, Father. Father, we pray that as we worship you this morning, we just pray, Father, we do so in spirit and in truth. We pray, Father, as we go through this week that Our thoughts will be filled with heaven, and one day, Father, we will be the heir to all your promises. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: The invitation song today will be There's a Fountain Free, 909. The song before the lesson today will be The Battle Belongs to the Lord, 749. Let's sing. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land, the battle belongs to the Lord, The no weapon that's fashioned against us will stand.
0: we oh.
4: love you to death. And I think on behalf of Milton, it would be fair to say, just focus on Jesus, yes? That's been his life, and what a tribute to a life, put the emphasis on Jesus. But today he did that by confessing sin, and well, we're his family, so we're forgiving, aren't we? Yes, we are. And we know that the Father forgives. And today, Eddie's here. And we rejoice in that. And so glad you're able to be here live, not have to see it over the television. And it's just wonderful to see you sitting there. And we pray that you'll have a full recovery and be back to everything you enjoy. And then turns out today is Ben Roberts' birthday. I'm going to tell you something. I hope it's okay, Ben. I don't want to make you mad, but I'm just going to share the news. Because today I learned something about Ben. I I had no idea. I thought he was going to tell me today is his 80th birthday or something like that. Today, Today, is it okay, Ben? It's okay. Ben is a 33 model. Ben is 90 years old today. How many of you want to be like Ben when you're 90 years old? Okay, now Julius, put your hand down because you're also one of those that we're looking to. You're such an inspiration to us. I don't know that this was not planned. We didn't have a theme to recognize some of our great saints here today, but every one of those names has a story, doesn't it? And they're such an inspiration to us. And I think, I think Milton touched our hearts today because someone who is to us in our time, you know, a giant in the faith, if we can call you that, when he recognizes that there are things amiss in his life and he asked us, us, to be praying for him, I don't know what could be more humbling than that. But we've done that. So we're going to think about Jesus now. And I just, I want to challenge you today, kind of along with our theme, of course, because we're reaching forward. I want you to, want you to reach forward today against defeat. I don't want you to have defeat in your life. I don't want you to even think about it. So if you walked in here today feeling defeated, it's my prayer, and we're going to pray it in just a moment, that when you walk out of here, you will not feel that way. In fact, that's something you're going to put out of your life. You are a winner. Let's go to God and ask him to bless us in our study today. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the time we have now to focus intently upon your word, I pray that you will challenge us with what we hear from your word. I pray, Lord, that you will let us know that we are not just conquerors, that we are more than that. We are winners in your cause. Help us to act like it. Help me today, Lord, to communicate that in the very best way I'm able to do it. And even in spite of my efforts, I pray that you'll bless those who hear your words and some of these trains of thought that I'm trying to establish that they can use my feeble attempts to put all this together to make enough sense of it to hear what you have to say. And move us, Lord... Help us not ever have a defeatist attitude. Help us to feel victorious, to know we're victorious, to know that we have success guaranteed when we walk with you, when we have in us the right stuff. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to communicate it, and thank you for our hearers that they can receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I said it and I mean it. You, whoever you are, you can be a winner. And and here's here's what I know about it. I know that heaven's destiny for every creature is that every creature will fulfill its purpose that you will be able to reach the goal that you have set for yourself spiritually. That you will win, guaranteed. When Jesus came along, Jesus not only testified to that fact, but he lived it, did he not? He lived it before us, the victorious life. And he instilled in us as the shepherd over all the sheep, In John chapter 10, verse 10, he said that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Usually the thing that is between our defeat and our victory, our success, our attaining the goal of being prosperous in the things of the Lord... It is an attitude. We have got to have the strength to reach forward against our defeat. Now, there were some children who went to the state fair, and right there on the Midway, there was this man who was blowing up colored balloons with helium. He had a bunch of them there, but once in a while, he would release one of those balloons and it would go way up in the air. And of course, everybody in the fair could see it and especially children, that caught their eye. And so they're looking, where's the balloon man? They found him and one little boy went up and he said, now, sir, which color balloon is the one that goes the highest? Of course, the attendant very wisely said, son, it's not the color of the balloon that determines how high it goes. It's the stuff inside that makes the difference. If you and I are going to have success, true success in this Christian life, if if we are truly going to glorify God with the things that we do and what we say, then we are going to have to have the right kind of stuff on the inside. And when we have the right kind of stuff, then freedom is our choice. Now, I want to talk to you about choice. From the very beginning, there was choice. There was Adam and Eve freshly created by God. The Lord gives them choice. You can eat of this tree over here, this tree of life, all you want to. In fact, any other tree in this garden, you may freely eat of its fruit, except... That tree over there. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day that you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. Now, we're not going to go into the story nor necessarily the imports, the consequences of what happened in their choices. But I I just want to think about choice for a moment. God gave them the choice. You may eat freely of the tree of life. Or you may eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of the tree of life, you'll live. If you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. But you may choose. God did not get in the way. He did not create an obstacle for their choice. And as you know, they They chose. On the other side of that coin, Satan was involved. Satan twisted the words of God. Satan created an environment and a situation that tempted Eve, yet Satan was not allowed to force her to make the decision to partake of a fruit that was forbidden for her. So just two things to take Right now, and that is that God neither forces us to make a right choice, nor does He allow anybody or anything to force us to choose wrongly. That's all I want to say about that. Now, here's the truth about the life that we are living we're faced with all sorts of choices all the time. You made a simple choice about whether you were going to be here today. I'm thankful that you chose in a positive way to be a part of our assembly today, but so many others chose not to. We all make choices every single day. Some have very little consequence. Others can change our life in a moment. But I want us to understand that whatever decision that we make, no one forced us to make that decision. Now, here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes people will say, well... You know, I choose this way because it is, a, it is a force which is the result of heredity. You know, I, I was brought up in this family. I chose this because I was expected to choose it. My grandparents chose it. My parents chose it. I choose it. I have to because of the influence of my family. I just kind of inherited all of this. Not true. Not true. When it came to you, you chose. It wasn't your grandparents who chose it for you, not your parents. At some point, you made whatever decision you made that maybe you blame on your parents or your grandparents. You made that decision. Nobody stopped you from making it. God didn't intervene. You chose it, and here you are. What is happening to you today is a result of what, of what you chose. Some people will say, well, I'm limited in this way or that way because of illness or some kind of infirmity. And there may be some things that you can't control. But the most part, there are lots and lots of inspiring stories of people who overcame the worst of odds. And they chose differently. They chose a path that most people in that very same situation would not choose simply because they could blame it on something else. The fact is, regardless of our infirmity, regardless of an illness that has impacted our life, whatever it is that we are doing, we may blame it on that, but the decision that we make is a decision that we chose to make people will say, well, you know what? I became addicted to this or that. Alcohol, drugs, gambling, you name it. A human can become addicted, uh, be wrapped up in the excess of some action, and they can blame the consequences of those actions on the thing that they succumbed to, and they say, well, the reason that I'm this way It's because I I can't really choose to do differently. My addiction is what is dictating the choices that I'm making today. Listen, no, not so. The choice that you make today is a choice that you made. Now, where you are today is the result of choices that you've made over years and years and years of choices. But today, what I'm suggesting to you is today... If the result of all of those choices has has been defeat in your life, today you can choose differently. Today you can choose success. Today you can choose to be a winner. Interesting. Joshua has come to the end of his course as the leader of God's people. And for the most part, he has been hugely successful But in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, listen to what Joshua has to say at the completion of this great work of leadership for God's people. He says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose today if serving the Lord is evil in your sight. Now that has this import. He says there are several choices that you could make. One choice is You could just clamor, desire to serve the gods that your fathers served, which were actually on the other side of the river. Or you could choose to serve the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There are a lot of people who could have said, you know what, it wasn't our idea that Moses would lead us out of Egypt. It is Moses' fault that that entire generation of people perished right there in the wilderness. It is Moses' fault because of his own sin that he stumbled. And you know, many of us, we just followed after his pattern and look at us, we're a mess. Boy, I wish we could go back. That wasn't Moses' fault. That was a decision of the people, Joshua says. And there were others who now in the land said, you know, there's a lot of pressure for us to just follow after these idols and let's just give in. Let's just do what everybody else is doing. Joshua says, I'm choosing today what is right for the success of God's people and the success of my family. Today, despite any defeats that exist in the past, I choose today to serve the Lord. Here is a fact for you today. You absolutely today have the freedom to choose differently from choices that have resulted in defeat in your life in the past. Also, when we have the right stuff inside us, then success ought to be, is our aim I want to reaffirm what I said in the opening. You are a winner. God wants you to be a winner. God wants you to be a great success. There's no doubt about it. God finds great joy in seeing his children attain the heights that they do to have struggled against so many things, to have been held back for so long and finally to break free of some of those burdens and to now be on a level where we feel successful. God just feels a, a triumph in that with regard simply to you. There's a statement in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 it says that the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is so positive thinking with regard to all of His children. He wants to see us saved. He wants to see us repent of the things that are amiss in our lives so that we can now enjoy success and triumph. In his name. But so many times in history, there are examples of people who just, they started out great, but they didn't make it all the way to the end. I mean, they fell short in their mind. Short sightedness, we would call it, I guess. Case in point is that group of people we just mentioned, the Israelites. You know, many of them followed Moses out of Egyptian bondage only to perish in the wilderness wanderings simply because they did not believe that God could deliver on his promise. So faithful for a time, but they fell short. Judas, wow, all of us know about Judas. One of the chosen of Jesus. Right there in Jesus' midst, hearing all the sermons, seeing all the miracles, surely this was a redeemable soul. And yet he perished because of his own fleshly desires, lust for money. And then the despair in the thought of what he had actually done. He just he fell short. There's Ananias and Sapphira who had, had these images in their mind of grandeur. You know, if we sell this land and we give it, we'll be like Barnabas. And maybe they'll give us one of those nicknames. We can be glorified in Scripture. Oh, this is the right thing to do, honey. Only that we've got our own debts to pay and you know, we want to lay aside a little bit for the future. So let's just tell them that we're giving it all. Who will know the difference? Peter says, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And then they died on the scene. Wow. This close. <laughs> this close to glory. But a lie brought them to their deaths. First him and later her. There's the, we don't talk about them very much, I guess. Hymenaeus and Alexander. Are you scratching your head? Yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 20. Those guys were among the faithful. But that text says that they were shipwrecked in their faith. That creates quite an image, doesn't it? You're in fellow ship, <laughs> now you're in ship wreck. You've crashed. What's happened to our faith? It was so bad, that text says that they delivered Hymenaeus and Alexander to Satan so that they might learn not to blaspheme. That doesn't sound good. Once again, they got so close, but they did not make it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Don't think we're all that. Don't think we've got it made. Be vigilant in the cause because it can be over just like that. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We think we're sailing, we're doing great, look at me, look at me, but fall right on our face. Success has to be our aim. We have to keep our eyes on the goal. Keep reaching forward against this idea of defeat. We also need to, if we have this stuff in us, the right kind of stuff, we're also going to have to have faith that is a key for us. Faith. We could break down faith in, I guess, three different ways. We could say, well, you know, one part of faith is like knowledge. Romans 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if I study the Word of God... I will have the knowledge. I'll have knowledge of the faith. Okay. Sometimes when we talk about faith, we're talking about trust. Like in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, when Jesus asked Peter, Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I trust that you are the Son of God, not just some great man, you're the Messiah. That kind of trust. Or faith is sometimes quantified in the action itself. In James chapter 2 and verse 26, that text says that the body apart from the spirit, just as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith and works together, that that is a living faith. That, That is what we are striving for. So I make a determination that I'm going to have faith in God and God is the one who's going to give me success. God is against all odds. Have you heard the story of the hare and the tortoise? One of Aesop's fables. So the hare was, <laughs> he was joking about that tortoise. You, you, you are so slow. You, you are the slowest thing I've ever seen. And that tortoise said, what you you don't know me that well? You 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 would be surprised at me, and the hair just is falling over like. Seriously, no, no, you are the slowest thing I've ever seen. The tortoise said, "I will prove it to you. Let's have a race." Are you kidding? Really? Oh, the, the hare was just overwhelmed with this thought of racing a slow tortoise. But he said, you know what? This will be fun. This will be a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, <laughs> let's have a race. And so they got Mr. Fox. And Mr. Fox went out there and he measured the course. He is going to be the judge over this race. And, okay, so our contestants are lined up. We've got our course and our distance. Go! And that hare took off so fast. They didn't hardly see, just saw the dust. And he is out of sight. And there is the tortoise, just slow and steady, off on the race. Well, the hare hadn't gotten too far, and he thought, you know, this is such a joke. I tell you, I'm going to have a little fun with the tortoise. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lie down right beside the path where the tortoise is going to come sailing through here and I'm going to take a nap and when he gets here, I'll wake up and then I'll run to the finish. It it is just, wow, it's going to embarrass him so much. So the hare went to sleep. They're right beside the course and the tortoise slow and steady. In fact, so slow and so steady that he made very little noise as he passed by the hare. Hare stayed asleep, slept right on through it. By the time the hare finally woke up, the tortoise was near the finish line. That hare jumped up from his sleep and he ran as fast as he could but he couldn't catch the tortoise before he stepped across the finish line. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11 says that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong. Then I I would ask you, Lord, how is it? How is it possible That me, as slow as I am as a Christian, weak, full of faults, make mistakes, how could I ever win? It will not be on your own volition. You're not fast enough. You're not powerful enough in the battle. The race, though, isn't always won by the swift. The battle isn't always won by those who are the strongest when the Lord is factored in. Or let's think of another text. This is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Faith is the key. Not faith in yourself or your ability. It's faith in the Lord. And finally, weakness is our strength. That's something that is a response to the stuff that we ought to have in ourselves. Understand, weakness is something that makes us strong. Here's another thing I know about the Lord the Lord just loves to make something out of nothing. Yeah? Remember creation? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which were made. Were made of things which are not seen. So we, we have material things in existence. I can see and I can touch them, but they came from things you can't see. God just loves to make something from nothing. And the nothingness I'm talking about, well, I mean, that would be me. That would be you. Weak. Not that talented, not that wealthy, not that popular, don't have that prestige. But what if, what if I have God, but I'm otherwise nothing? Well, it wasn't that long ago. We studied it all year, right? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? Not my own strength, Christ's strength. Not my own power, the power of God. Weakness to strength, that probably rung a bell with you. The idea of that is, well, it's technically, literally expressed that way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, in verse 9, Paul has prayed that the Lord remove this thorn in the flesh from him. Three times he implores the Lord. But here was his response. My grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul responds in verse 10 by saying this. Okay, I accept that. So when I'm weak, then I am strong. That's it. Here's what I know about you. Every single one of you. You can be strong. You can be powerful. You can be a winner. But what you've got to do is set a goal, the Lord's goal, And then you've got to reach forward against defeat. We will not be defeated when the Lord is on our side. We will step out against all odds. And with the Lord's help, we will be victorious. There is no doubt about it. Because I ask you, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who delivered up His Son for us all, how shall He not with Him freely give us all things? Who is it that brings a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is also at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us, who can separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of the sword? As it is written... We are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you in Jesus Christ? Then you are victorious. Have you let defeat rule your mind? That's the devil taking your joy away. If you came in this room today feeling defeated, know that with the Lord's help, you will always have victory. Always. It's guaranteed. Need us to pray about it? Maybe there's a situation you're struggling with and you just can't see it. Lord, help me. Please, let's pray about that today, okay? If you're not a child of God, today's the day To get the right stuff inside of you. Because as yet you're filled with an old man of sin. Today he can be put away and you can be washed with the blood of Christ. Have your sins forgiven, rise up out of the waters of baptism, clean and pure in the sight of God. Forgiven, not defeated, victorious. If there's something else we need to deal with today, let's do it now so we can walk out of here feeling like mighty conquerors. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand and sing.
2: There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us haste, so oh, haste to its spring tis the fount of love from the source above and he bids us all freely drink will you come to the fountain free will you come tis for you and me thirsty soul hear the well Welcome call, tis a fountain open for all. There's a living stream with a crystal gleam from the throne of life, now it flows. While the waters roll, let the weary soul hear the call that Freely goes Will you come To the fountain free Will you come Tis for you and me Thirsty soul Hear the welcome call Tis a fountain Open for all there's a rock that's cleft and no soul is left that may not is pure water shared. Tis for you and me and Supper, we will sing 313, Old Rugged Cross.
5: as we look to the cross and prepare minds for the lord's supper the scriptures tells us that jesus took the cup he gave thanks and he said take this and divide it amongst yourselves for i say unto you i will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of god shall come he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me likewise also after the cup, up saying this cup is the New Testament blood, which is shed for you. Let's give thanks for the bread. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this opportunity we come together to praise you. Look into thee, look into the cross. Lord, we pray that we'll partake of this in a manner pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the same manner, let's give thanks for the cup. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this other opportunity we have to come together and partake of this cup that represents thy blood. Lord, we partake of it, pray the Lord, in a manner pleasing unto thee. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
6: really good morning very briefly before brother brent comes up here um today just a reminder that today is the beginning of our new academic quarter the wednesday night uh, adult classes have already begun but the sixth grade in down uh february april uh, march and april quarter begins today there is a listing of all the new classes and teachers a printout for you if you'd like to have that on the um, Um, welcome table in the back. The adult classes, as I said, the Wednesday night have already started, but tonight uh, the leadership class will continue through this next quarter. So all adult classes will meet in the auditorium for the Sunday evening as Brother Ken will continue that leadership class. Um, And like I said, feel free to get one of those printouts. Good morning. We had a great men's breakfast this morning. Uh, If you did not attend, please do. Uh, We have good fellowship, we have good food, and they'll even fix your plate for you if you need. Uh, There were 324 this morning in services. 324 that's just shy of 500 (laughs) okay the fifth grade and up that meets with Todd English will not meet today the fourth grade and below that meets with Michelle English will meet as usual at 415 and then your order of worship bulletin I know you have looked at it and there are a few announcements there. If you will stand, I'll lead a closing prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day and all the blessings you give us. You are a wonderful God. You have said that if you're for us, nobody could be against us. Keep us fueled As Christians, help us all get to heaven. In Christ's name we pray, amen.